Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Offset, sitting down with Keith Myers, co-host. Welcome in, Keith. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. It's a uh, been a busy day in Seahawk world as they have cut their roster all the way down to 53 from 80. And um, yeah, there's a lot of names, a lot of intrigue, what's going on. But I think before we start that, we should jump into news that happened in san francisco that happens to throw a wrench in seattle's plans yeah uh yesterday jimmy garoppolo decided to take an 18 million dollar pay cut and go back to work for the san francisco 49ers on a one-year deal paying him seven million dollars to back up trey lance and uh, thereby throwing that wrench into seattle's probable plans i would say probable we just don't know for sure but it seemed like that's the direction that the uh, franchise was wanting to go now they could still trade for him there is a no trade clause uh in in that deal but uh doesn't preclude seattle from trying to trying to acquire him anyway in a, in a much more manageable salary at seven million i don't think san francisco wants to trade him to seattle but anything could happen after week two after we mm-hmm. face the 49ers um but yeah so we're going into the season with drew uh drew lock and geno smith keith yeah and um so with that the no trade clause um is there is also a no tag clause in the contract so anyone who if he does choose to waive his no trade because somebody offered san francisco a boatload of picks um their team has no negotiation rights there's no um tag yeah, so drastically boatload, lowers his values yeah boatload would be throw him a fifth round pick maybe if they'll take it um the big thing for him though is because that's the range that i had heard about where seattle was looking to pay him was seven to eight million dollars uh, on a one-year deal he gets to come in he would play i'm re- surprised like, build his value and then go elsewhere yeah. um the difference here is that if trey lance either um struggles or gets hurt and garoppolo plays he could earn back almost all the money that he left on the table by by signing the new contract. If he goes out and hits all these incentives, he can make like twenty four million, which is just less than what he would have made um, if he on his old contract. So I think that is the reason why he's still in San Francisco is because there was no upside to you know this year. There was no upside to joining Seattle. He would get a chance to play and you know rebuild his value and all of that. Um, but he believes he's going to get, he's going to have that opportunity in San Francisco, whether it be through injury or ineffectiveness for Trey Lance, uh, Garoppolo believes he's going to play. And if he does, he's going to get paid. And I think that, and the no tag clause were the things that got him, um, to stay in San Francisco. Yeah. Well, the fact remains, see, uh, the 49ers wanted to trade him uh 49ers made it clear that he wasn't going to be the starting quarterback Trey Lance was going to carry this team going forward and so you know to 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 then turn around and have him back um it seems like it's going to work 
Um, but you know, it's the NFL, it's a business, um, at the end of the day. And so we'll see how that goes. Uh, he is the primary backup now. So if they did trade him, they would be looking for a backup as well. Um, in that market, I think, uh, Drew Locke for, uh, Garoppolo type of a trade would, would make a lot of sense for both teams at, at some point, but we'll see. Yeah, um, I don't think that, um, I just don't think that, uh, San Francisco is going to trade with Seattle. They don't, they're not going to give Seattle their quarterback. And, and you know the NFL, this, you know the NFL just as well as anybody else, Keith, and you know that these job openings do open up as the season progresses because quarterbacks don't stay healthy all year. And so he'd be the first man up for a team um, that is a contender that would want to have a, a legitimate uh, quarterback come in and take over. Um, mm-hmm. I would imagine that he's, he's ready to go. Um, so imagine if... Um, a team that has a legitimate quarterback and that goes down. Um, so even like, even someone like Aaron Rodgers, would the Packers throw first round picks at San Francisco no. to get Garoppolo? No, no, because no, you have a, you have no rights next year. Um, yeah, but if you're, let's say it's mid season, it's like you're six and oh, and Rodgers goes down and you're looking at, we have a special team. We could make a run for the Super Bowl. Or we could not make the playoffs if we do nothing. I would maybe throw Jordan Love into that equation um, as opposed to uh, draft picks, but um, that's, you know, we'll see. I don't think, I don't think Jordan Love has the value. Yeah, uh, I know, but get, he's to not going to, you're not going to get a first round pick for a rental just to, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe. We've seen it in the past. I, yeah, now, granted, I, it was the Raiders. It was Al Davis. Maybe that doesn't count. <laughs> um, I could see a third round pick or something, but oh, that that'd be a steep price for a you know ten game type rental situation. I'm just speculating, but yeah. so all right. So let's we we got a Carson lot to talk Palmer about on this. What I was saying when I said that it's happened in the past. It's Carson Palmer, that's the name, and that was a rental. So how'd we do? I'm I'm curious. How'd we, we do did right. on our prediction show versus how okay. the roster? Yeah, I think that we did okay. It wasn't it wasn't terrible. It wasn't. I don't think it was as good as we normally do. I think that that between us both we did pretty good. I think you had some hits. I had some hits and misses, etc. Um, let's talk about it though. So we didn't make any mistakes up front. Quarterback room is Geno Smith. Uh, he's starting quarterback with Drew Lock as the backup. Uh, running backs, Rashad Penny, Kenneth Walker. Ken Walker did make the active 53 right out of the gate. There was speculation that he might start the year on IR. He might uh, start the year on IR. If you're going to be able to come off of that's IR, true. That's very you, true. Have to, you have to spend basically 24 hours on the initial 53, and then they can put you on IR. Um, so that might be where they open up another um, roster spot a day from now. But as of right now, he's on the active roster. And if they do, it's probably for another running back because they would then only have three. Uh, Rashad Penny, Travis Homer, DJ Dallas round that out. Obvious cuts, uh, Josh Johnson and Darwin Thompson. Uh, Darwin Thompson might be a candidate to to be on the practice squad or come or back. Or return if Walker yeah. goes. Yep. Right. And that would be a, a, like a four-week deal if mm-hmm. that happened. Uh, wide receivers, interesting, Keith. You were you nailed this situation really um, with with the pretty much right. I think on, on I'm looking at the numbers: one, two, three, four, five. I think this is exactly what I said was going to happen. 
This is exactly so you you predicted that Freddie Swain would be cut, and, and I was Jarek, like, mm, and I don't Jarek know. Young would make it. I also yes. said that both Penny Hart and uh, Marquise Goodwin would make it, even though yes. they are essentially the same player. Uh, yeah. I didn't feel good about it, but I still predicted. <laughs> yeah, no, this is um, this this is yeah. actually one of the ones that that you hit right on the right on the nail. And Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Marquise Goodwin, uh, Eskridge, Young, and Penny Hart. They elected to move on from Bo Melton, their seventh round draft pick. Uh, I would. Squad. They want to bring him back on the practice squad. Kate Johnson, another notable name. Uh, our, mm-hmm. our Sega White side is on there as well. Kid we picked up in the Google Philadelphia Eagles trade. trade. Yeah, and then Freddie Swain. That trade, by the way, just didn't cost us anything. I'm just making that clear. And then Freddie Swain, I think, is the big surprise here. As far as surprise, as far as entering the offseason is concerned, you couldn't have predicted this. After no, he was the number the, three receiver last year. He yeah. looked he looked decent, and you'd only expect him to get better. He's still yes. a young player. Right. But then he did did not work out for him in, in training camp this year. He had did not have a good camp, did not look good at any point. Um he's still eligible to come back he is. another team, but you know, somebody might look at him and see some upside, might pick him off here in like, on the waiver wire. Yep. But he's a guy uh, that I would actually expect to be claimed just because. People are going to look at his product, his NFL production, not promise or whatever. Just the fact that he was productive last year, and be like, "Yeah, we can use, we need another receiver," and he's sitting there. I could yeah. think, I think he's there's probably going to get picked off. There's some interesting names out there on the, you know, uh, yeah. roster cuts throughout there the really league. Yeah, and we can we can talk about that a little bit if you want. Um, tight ends, as predicted, Noah Fant, Disley, Parkinson, uh, mm-hmm. Gabe Brewer, Tyler Mabry were um, were released. Uh, Charles. This the, the offensive line kind of ended up exactly the way I thought it would. Same um, me too. And you too. You pretty much nailed the entire offense. Which is weird. But I had tw- <laughs> I, and I had 24 players. Um mm-hmm. if you add Nick Willard to the to the roster it's 25. Um Charles Cross, Jake Kerhan, uh Stone Forsythe, Abraham Lucas, Damian Lewis, Gabe Jackson, Phil Haynes, Austin Blythe, Kyle Fuller. We have two rookie tackles who are going to start in the nfl on week one keith that's the big news out of this um this roster charles cross and abe lucas are both going to start and i uh, they both looked good i mean i know cross had the one game with all the penalties that wasn't good but when he didn't get penalized his actual on-field play was good and um yeah abe lucas was good the whole through the whole preseason the two of them that there's so much promise there. That was such, that's been, that's really the biggest thing to come out of the draft. And there's lots of good things to come out of this draft for Seattle, but that yeah. getting both your starting offensive tackle, that's unheard of. Yeah. And it's just the beginning. It, I mean, they haven't even played a game yet. And so we get a chance to, to see all the, the growth mm-hmm. along with the growing pains too. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I would imagine it's going to be a little rough now and again, but I think overall, Keith, there's just so much to be excited about. You just put up with whatever you're going to deal with in the first 10 games or so to kind of get this thing going. And then after that, you should be pretty well set. So I nailed the offense. I think you said that. And I am looking through, I actually, actually did like there, that is this, these are the predictions I made. Um, the defense on the other hand, I was not close. Yeah. I got you a little were, closer. I got a little closer close. on the defense. I was but. not. Yeah, I was closer in the in the uh, number of linebackers. I was closer in 
a few players. Um, but I also had a couple of misses too, because there were a couple of players that just kind of came out of left field on this, yep. uh, on this roster. But you're would, still pretty close. Uh, so. defensive, uh, line. I was kind of, I kind of nailed that with Al Woods, Brian Monet, Shelby Harris, Puna Ford, Quentin Jefferson, LJ Collier makes the initial 53 and miles Adams. We thought it maybe was an and, or miles Adams, LJ Collier both made it. Mm-hmm. However, uh, Collier's been hurt for like two or three weeks with this elbow thing and a couple other injuries. And there is speculation, including from Bob Kandata, that LJ Collier is only on the 53 for today and and making uh, the initial 53 until he's eligible to be put on uh, injured reserve for return with designation Mm -hmm. for return. And then the team would elect to make another move. So what do you think about that? Uh. Yeah, it fits. I mean, this, this is the, if you remove Collier, that's the line that I predicted. It's the line. It is the line that you predicted with Collier. Um, and I, I think, yeah, moving him. So you have six guys and a roster spot to use with someone else. Um, and knowing that you can bring Collier back if uh, you need him mid season and he's healthy. It's a good move for the team. Um, so if we move to linebacker, this is where I really blew it. This, um, this is wild, really. So Jordan Brooks, Daryl Taylor, um, Uchina Nuwasu, Boye Mafe, uh, Cody Barton, Nick Ballore, um, Alton Robinson. I think those were all, we all kind of knew those guys were going to make mm-hmm. um, the roster. Um, John Radigan went to the pup. Tyreek Smith went to IR and he went to IR now. So his season is over. He yes. can't come off. Um, cut were Vi Jones, which is surprising, given how much the coaching staffs raved about him, and he looked good. Aaron this could Conker, be this could be the move for LJ Collier. Yeah, um, or they may be trying to get him onto the practice squad. Or, or there's um, another waiver wire player out there that the Seahawks mm-hmm. will try to claim. So he he is on. Uh, he got cut. Tanner Muse got cut. Uh, Joel DeBlanco got cut. I had all three of those guys making the roster just. For linebacker depth, they all were they're all out um joining Lakeham uh Williams. Um John yeah, yeah. Radigan also made the pup. And then Joshua On Giogo. Yeah, yeah. Um I should have let you say it. Uh, <laughs> uh made the roster, which is kind of surprising. He was not on my radar as a guy that looked like a rostered player. Also, admittedly, I wasn't really looking. Um, and I was expecting Vi Jones to make it. So, um, and I was too, just because of the, uh, the lack of depth at middle linebacker. Now Vi Jones may, made the team, uh, didn't, didn't look at him as being ready yet to be a middle linebacker for this uh, team, just because he's undersized. He's he's undersized for that role. Getting, expecting him to come off blocks, like strip blocks, um, shed them, uh, in the middle and can still make it upfield to make a tackle when you're that small. I mean, you're 220. You're gonna have a hard time, you know, getting a getting off a block of a 330 guard, uh, and so they're gonna want him to put on some weight, put on some muscle, get bigger. Um, and whereas Onujiago are God, I per- blew that again. No, you didn't. Onu you nailed Giago. that actually. Oh, okay, Onujiago. Um, yeah. I, I think is he's he's more ready as a middle linebacker. He, I just think he's got a lower ceiling. Um, so I kind of expected Vi Jones to make it. And honestly, uh, I thought he was behind um, uh, Joel DeBlanco 
in trying to make the roster at that same job, the same role. Um, and maybe even Tanner Muse, because Muse looked really good in this last game. And now, a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Football fans, join the next generation of fantasy football with Rainmakers Football, their first ever NFT fantasy game from DraftKings. It's the only NFT fantasy game licensed by the NFL Players Association. Now you can play all season for millions in prizes by building the ultimate NFT franchise. Right now, everyone can get their first full roster starter pack for free. Playing Rainmakers is simple. Buy, sell, bid, and win player card NFTs of the biggest names in the game through regular drops and auctions on DraftKings Marketplace. Craft lineups of athletes from your NFT collection and earn points for touchdowns, receptions, and more, just like daily fantasy football. Build your NFT franchise and enter free Rainmakers football contests all season long to compete for millions in prizes. The next generation of fantasy sports is here. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now. Sign up with promo code TPPN, click the Rainmakers tile, and opt in to get your first card free. Plus, play for millions in prizes all football season while building the ultimate NFT fantasy franchise with Rainmakers Football. That's promo code TPPN. Build, play, win. Only at DraftKings. Contest entries dependent upon type and number of NFTs held. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void were prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. Uh, made a lot of really key plays. Yeah, we haven't talked about the practice squad yet. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And um, on Wednesday, after the waiver wires is cleared, teams then have 24 hours to make up a 16-player um, practice squad. And I would imagine a lot of these players that we've been talking about a, a lot on offense and then these defensive guys, especially this linebacker room, you're going to see maybe two, three guys out of this group come back onto the practice squad. Tanner Muse is a good candidate. Um, DeBlanco and Vi Jones, I believe. Maybe even Aaron Donker because they get the exemption um for him so it'd be a no-brainer to add a, a 17th guy in Aaron Dunker if if he's out there um and I agree with you in, in your assessment didn't really know too much about uh uh Uno is it Ono Ono Giago Ono Giago <laughs> Giago yeah something like that yeah we'll get we'll get it down if he hangs uh, we will. on, the, on we, the roster for a while we'll get it eventually um it's just Look, I've been, I've been, I, he made the roster. We've had about what, a half an hour of looking at it to try and get his, get his name right. Um, yeah. I will get it right. Yes. It's, the more, it's, the more it's, we say it, but, yeah. you're going to need to give me another day. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that's an interesting group, but eight total players, um, which we talked about the other, the other day on the prediction show, I was kind of going, yeah, I, I see eight because I think they wanted to keep an extra defensive back. And you were like, eh, I'm not sure I've got 10, not including Nick Ballure. And that's, yep. that, that was kind of the difference there. So really they've got seven linebackers on the roster. Yeah. That's not it. including Nick Ballure. That won't that, change. That's what yeah. I had. That's what I had. Yeah. Like, and I, that prediction show that, which like I said, you got it. Like you, you had, you had that, this, the defense set up, um, this, this won't stay. You're, you, they are playing a 3-4, which means four of those linebackers are on the field, and they have three total backups, and one of which is a special teams guy who yeah, never plays I, defense. Yeah, I, I, I see the fallacy at this point. It's, they it's will, not going to It won't stay. 
Yeah. Right. But they, we do have a couple of guys that are going to land on injured reserve. There's going to be a couple of roster spots. They're going to bring either some of these guys back or they're going to get a guy off waivers or a vet from another team. They will get someone in yes. to yeah. fill out that linebacker room. Well, I'm thinking this whole LJ Collier thing really opens a roster spot up to scan that waiver wire and get the best linebackers in possible mm-hmm. to back uh, to back up Jordan Brooks and Cody Barton. You had mentioned off the air before the uh, show that Nuasu you thought would be the primary backup at middle linebacker because of the depth that we have on the edge. He can slide over. You bring in a guy like Alton Robinson uh, in to pair with Daryl Taylor, um, and and that would be you know that would be all set up then at that point. But it's pretty thin nonetheless, and you're yeah. going to want to add to that room now. Just a reminder uh, for folks: the practice squad is 16 players. You can bring up, I think now you know, three or four guys um, off the practice squad and you can bring up the same guy more than twice now. I think it's like three or four times throughout the season, back and forth. So they do have some flexibility there uh, at this position group if they need to do that. It's not mm-hmm. optimal because you can get, get guys picked off there and you spend, you know, time coaching these guys up and, and they're part of your roster and all of a sudden a team picks them off. Um, so you got to be careful. Let's talk about safeties and corners because this is another interesting group. So, yeah, let's do and- corners first because <laughs> I had the right number. I had five, but the wrong, but one of the um, wrong guys. You had, uh, sorry, they actually, I had the, they actually I had, kept six. I had the wrong number, but the right guys. You had the right guys. Uh, no, you had the right number, but the wrong guys because you yeah, had. I didn't you have had time to read. Big one. I, I, there was a sentence there that I knew was going to work, <laughs> and I. I bundled it so badly that nobody knows what I'm talking about. I'm well, they kept 11 defensive backs, which is interesting. Yeah. Because and 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 there's two names that that uh, Seahawks fans have become familiar with that are no longer on the roster, uh, which is the big story out of this. Well, there's a couple big stories, but but the big cut story was Marquise Blair. We both decided the team was going to move on from Marquise Blair. At least you did, I believe. I was kind of still hanging on, trying to figure out a way. Marquise Blair is on the I had roster. Him, we both still had him on the roster. Oh, okay. Um, I thought he was going to make it. I thought he'd be like the fifty-first of get, right, guy out of mm, out of fifty-three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't. I mean, he's down on the depth chart, but for him not to make the roster is, you know, we yeah. didn't predict that. And the bigger, or the the other name in here that got cut is Justin Coleman. Yeah, the former standout slot receiver in Seattle. The, he left. Um, played for a couple of different teams, came back this year and lost his job to Kobe Bryant, who's just been better. Um, but the more surprising thing isn't just that he lost his job as a starter. He lost his job as a backup to John Reed. Yeah. And Josh Jones, essentially. I mean, Josh Jones has that uh, roster diversity. Uh, the team elected to keep Joey Blount, which is one of two undrafted rookie free agents on this roster now. Mm-hmm. Um, that the John Reed situation, Mike Jackson, that nobody kind of really thought, you know, initially in February or March was going to be on this roster come, um, roster cut downs, and he's there as well. And then to get two rookie starters out of the draft again at this position group, Keith, is crazy to me. Yep, uh, Kobe, you might as well call Kobe Bryant a starter because in that nickel spot, he's going to play about 65% of the snaps. Um, and have a key role in this defense. And then Tariq Woolen is the big story out of this um, cut down. And, and 
uh, preseason because it looks like, and he's been the starter for like three weeks. There's just no way I think they start the season with Artie Burns out there. Uh, but Sidney Jones and Tariq Woolen are going to start at corner for the Seattle Seahawks, Keith. Mm-hmm. I think Artie Burns will play. Um, I think he'll get, they'll, there'll be some rotations with Tariq Woolen mm-hmm. um, so they can like continue to work with him, coach him, and not expect him to just go out there and, and man aside for, um, you know, an entire game, all those snaps as he continues to learn. So I think both those guys will play. Um, Sidney Jones is ready to go and he's going to start on the other side. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, uh, get two guys out of this. And, you know, Mike Jackson looked really good. He was a guy mm-hmm. that, you know, was practice squad last year, came up, played a couple games, got injured and, and disappeared. And, and he came back really strong. And then don't forget, Trey Brown starts on the pup. He was a starter last year until his injury. Oh, a huge surprise in how well he played as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, he will be back at some point um, after week six. And yeah, I mean, that's another another good player to add to a, a fairly deep cornerback room. Yeah. Well, you got two rookies in there. And that's, I mean, geez, it's they really hit the jackpot with Tariq Woolen being ready this year as opposed to, you know, kind of coming along and being ready yeah, the second half of the season or next year um, as a developmental project. And all of a sudden, he's not a project at all. He's ready to go. Uh, huge news. The other big news, of course, is Marquise Blair, second-round pick three years ago, um, four years ago. And um, played a total of, what, seven, eight games and just – really couldn't get on the field with injury concerns and then uh this this year just didn't uh, play well couldn't uh, wrap up tackling his his technique was all discombobulated and he looked he just like he got hadn't out played football in two years he just got outplayed keith by josh jones and turns out joey blount they took the upside of the undrafted rookie free agent joey blount uh to be uh in the safety room and they're looking at josh jones as kind of a, the the key cog factor for this mm-hmm. uh safety room you've got jamal adams and quandary Diggs, but the diversity that jones provides you on the back end especially at free safety allows the team to have adams closer to the line of scrimmage gives them some options on the back end with two high safety looks and so forth i like it i like the 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 youth and i like the direction and the physicality that uh, and the speed that this uh defensive back group has yeah, Adams and Diggs pretty much didn't play in the preseason, and they they kind of metered both of them because they were coming back from from surgeries like during training camp. Uh, and because of that, Josh Jones was the best safety in practice and in the preseason by a wide margin. Like, Mar- I still think Marquise Blair, if he you know can continue to to get his get back in, into what he was. Um, he may be a be practice an, squad guy too. Can be an impact player in the NFL, uh, but he isn't right now. Josh Jones is, and Josh Jones is a guy who was a second round pick from the Packers and flamed yeah. out there. And well, ended up I, in Seattle. I read a really interesting article today, um, Bob Condotta, I believe, on the journey that Josh Jones has had in the NFL, and apparently, <laughs> it was discovered that he had some thyroid issues that were impacting his. Um, his ability to stay on the field as far as just being tired, elevated heartbeat type stuff was a thing for him for a while there. He got that corrected. He actually had his thyroid glands removed, uh, went on some medication instead. He's been a completely different player since that happened. 
and uh, Seahawks are the beneficiary there with a player that's ready to go. High, high draft pick there. So you've got Adams, Diggs, and Jones, all high draft picks, all good quality players. Um, one of the best safety groups all around, if Adams can stay healthy, um, especially in the NFC West. If Adams doesn't stay healthy, the fact that they've got Josh Jones or there ready to play, as good as he's been and as athletic as he is and as versatile as he is, you know, I feel I, I feel much better about what if Adams continues to get continues to get hurt because you've got a starting caliber player ready to jump in. I mean, you have Ryan Neal too, who has filled in great and uh, when he's had to come on and play um, for Adams the last couple of years. But he's a backup who's really versatile and can do a lot of things, and there's not a huge drop off. But Jones is a starting caliber safety right now. So it definitely makes this Jamal Adams experiment a little easier to swallow if it goes south. All right. Um, some other, yeah, I don't know, even know if I want to go into notable league cuts around the, around the league. There's really not a lot that are going to fit, uh, you know, what the Seahawks are doing. I didn't see any really good linebackers out there yet. Um, interesting. Any, are there any kickers? Um, I don't know. I don't have the full list. I just wrote down some some notable guys, and that was like three hours ago. So that was before even all the cuts were in. Yeah, because that's um, so that's one know. of the things that's interesting to me. Because um, Myers made the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I talked about this the last couple of weeks that he is kind of a bubble player given his huge contract, and that if they can find someone they believe can do the job just as well on the waiver wire, so they're paying him, you know, three quarters of a million instead of four and a half. They'll pull that trigger. They really will. Um, so that's so, that yeah. that's I'm curious to see where that goes. The team the, the interesting thing about the, the timing of the the cutdowns and then see uh Seattle's tenth, I believe, overall in the waiver wire. So if they put in a waiver claim, they've got to go through ten possible teams uh to be awarded. So it's that's pretty high actually, um, especially when you're talking about specific groups, uh position groups. Uh, there's a good chance if Seattle puts in a claim that uh, they would get that that guy. Um, are there any position groups that surprised you? Are there any moves that uh, kind of made you stop in your tracks? It's really the linebacker group that they've got seven linebackers on the roster. Four of them will be on the field. There, there's no there's no depth there. You've got three middle linebackers and four outside linebackers. And then a special teams guy that just does not belong on the de- on the field as a defensive player because he's not good. Um, and so you've got seven seven viable linebackers. Typically, teams that run a three four keep nine to ten. And the and the and the last three are Nick Belor, Boye Mafe, and Joshua Unujugo. Um, and that's three players that are likely not to see the field too much. Now, Boye Mafe is going to be a situational pass rusher. Boye Mafe is not ready for, he's not ready to be a three down player. though. Is what I'm saying. No, he's not, but he will, he will get plenty of snaps. You'll see him all the time out there. Um, but the other guys aren't likely to see the field at all. Yeah. Um, the other, you mentioned the other one to watch or the two positions to watch, I think are running back with Ken Walker. If, is he ready to go either week one or week two? If he was ready, you know, projected to be ready week two, they may not make a move here. Uh, but if he's not and the team feels like he needs to go sit on IR for uh, four weeks, that would be an option there. But they would need to go find somebody. You can't go into the season with three running backs. 
and then wide receiver Penny Hart and Derek Young. Um, Penny Hart looks like he's probable to be like a kick returner, punt returner as well. Um, unless Diasridge, they feel like he's ready to go and, and is 100% healthy. Well, like uh, Dallas returned kicks last year and looked good doing it. So that's that's very true. Um, the interesting thing for me on the wide receivers is Goodwin and Eskridge really didn't play very much. Eskridge played a handful of snaps in that last game. Um, and then Goodwin didn't play at all in the preseason. And he's likely now the third wide receiver um, mm-hmm. in this group, unless they go out in the waiver wire. I know that there's a few different wide receivers out there um, that, are, that are getting cut and available. So that would be interesting to watch. Although I do believe that they are really high on Derek Young and want to keep him around so yeah i think if they can get him to catch the ball a little better they've got something special um note that uh dk metcalf had uh drop problems as a rookie as well so um not as bad but so how excited are you on this draft class keith i am really excited i mean we knew after the draft you and i both were like we were on this 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 is draft class it's going to piss people off in the fan base, but it's going to be really good. And I think both things are true. Um, nobody liked it uh, right what away. Do you, what do you What do you mean? I mean, there's so much like people hated this draft class. They didn't like um, getting a taking a running back in round two. That was like, the why, big thing. Why do you Why do you not take one in round four and then to double up all these positions when there were players at other positions where you could build up build up the rest of the roster rather than three yeah. positions. Um, People people didn't like it, and I understand all their points. And I'm not as big of they never draft a running back high. I don't think you draft one in the first round. I think that's kind of silly. But they drafted one in the second round, and they drafted a really good one. And, and a third then, third pick overall, which you know is right in line with, especially given the idea of what they want to do with their run game. I think yeah. that makes a lot of sense. And but then. But so they did that. Then they got both starting offensive tackles, which is like the first time since 1980, I think I read. And not uh, just starting tackles. You know, it kind of sounds like, well, they're just starters. These are actually really good quality players. I yeah. mean, that really did a great job in the preseason that you're excited about the future for. Abe Lucas even had a graded out higher than Charles Cross in the, in the mm-hmm. preseason. I mean, I'm just excited. And you didn't anticipate the physicality of Abe Lucas, you could watch him on film, but he was always dropping back into uh, protection. And so he wasn't being aggressive uh, necessarily as a tackle uh, at Washington state and to watch him go out and pancake, you know, two or three guys, every single game in preseason was a joy to yeah. have somebody. Since, and, this was, and, you've and it been, wasn't just third stringers and, and guys that aren't going to make rosters and to be selling insurance in a week. He was out there uh, with the starters in the first series and was just mowing people over like he dominated and it was it was surprising yeah and awesome yeah. so to get both of those guys both both the starting cornerbacks uh, both the starting offensive tackles those were the two weakest positions on the roster heading into the draft and they got two starters at each of them and then That's you've a got a phenomenal draft you've class. got the high rotation guys in Boye Mafe and Ken Walker mm-hmm. and um yeah that's 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 six guys that are going to make a huge impact in your in your in their first year on this and roster. And Tar- Tariq Young very well could as well because they're the wide receiver depth after the top two. It's shaky, and he's going to get a chance to play. 
Yeah, especially, you know, with Eskridge's uh, injury concerns, Goodwin's been injured, you know, all offseason. Tariq Young could come out and and make um, make a splash. You know, and Penny Hart's there as well, but, you know, the upside with Tariq Young is really intriguing. I would imagine he does get an opportunity to to show himself, you know, eventually in this thing. Um, I'm just looking around here, just looking for anything else that, that might be interesting. I think the the big thing here is um, it it definitely looks like, barring any unforeseen situation that we just can't predict, that Geno Smith is going to be the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks in 2022. Now, now that he's in, it looks like we're going to ride this thing. I'm back. I'm going to back him. You know, let's let Geno have the keys. Let's see what happens. Um, give him an opportunity. He's going to have uh, all first string um, offensive line with him. He's going to have the running game with with Penny and Walker. He's going to have his big weapons out there now and Tyler Lockett and Metcalf. Um, so it's going to be a little different. There, you, you're not going to have um, so many drops as you've had uh, prior. Hopefully they get Noah Fant and Disley more involved in the offense. So this thing should potentially smooth out for Gino and give him at least the best opportunity to be successful. And okay. that's all you can really ask for. And we'll see if he takes the reins and, and does it. History has shown that he hasn't quite made it up to that point, but it doesn't mean that it can't happen. I'm just, you know, and I want to be supportive. I want to, um, to give him the same opportunity I give every other play on, player on the roster to be successful. I'm, I'll be rooting for him and cheering for him. Um, so yeah, anyway. I, I have extremely low expectations. I expect him to be terrible, but I, ex, I expect I will be ecstatic if I'm wrong. I, and I will be the first to admit it. Um, I want him to be successful because him being successful means the Seahawks are successful. Uh, I, that's absolutely what I want. I don't see it. I just honestly don't believe in him. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm not rooting for him. Yeah. You know, and I, I would say that the the team, you know, believes in him. I mean, what else are they going to do? You, you've got an offensive coordinator that believes in him. You've got a head coach. You've got the players that are rallying around him, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, I guarantee you. And they probably mean it if you ask them. How do you feel about Geno Smith? They'd be like 100% uh, all in, guaranteed. He's going to make the throws. We're I mean, that's just the way it is. They're a team. It's the NFL. He's a professional. Um, he's expected to, to step up and, and uh, make this happen. So we're, we're going to find out. Now, the expect, <laughs> as you know, Keith, you know, uh, the expectation is not uh, high, which is good. You don't want to have too high of expectations with, with a situation like this. I think you want to try to be as realistic as you can. We're going to find out about that as we kind of move forward in the next couple of weeks before our first regular season uh, kickoff. We're going to have a, um, a schedule prediction show. Uh, I wanted to let, also let everyone know uh, coming up, we're going to have uh, guests, Dan Viennes, and hopefully Dana O'Gorman haven't been able to make contact with her uh, from Archer Football, the new uh, podcast host of the Field Goals podcast over at uh, the Field Goals website. Um, so congratulations to those guys. The Seahawker. They are not going to, they're not doing the Seahawker. I was mistaken last, last time. Brandon Schultz is stepping away from the field goals podcast and, but he's maintaining his role with, with Seahawkers, which he's had forever. I think 10 years now, something Mm -hmm. like that. So the Um, two of them are taking over the Hawk blogger. No, 
the field goals podcast. So there's a field, field goals, goals podcast as well as the I'm uh, so Seahawkers podcast. There's two That's different nothing shows. New. I'm always confused. <laughs> there's two um, different shows and they've got the local Seahawks show on field goals. Cool. Whatever. I don't care where they are. People, <laughs> the two of them are great. I, yes. I, I mean that completely. And good humans. I may not know which, um, <laughs> like which spot is the right one, like where they're, they're at, but they are really good yeah uh podcasters they're they're great uh people i love them to death and i know they will be successful so um yeah there's yeah. that so we're gonna have them on as, as soon as possible hopefully uh possibly by the end of the weekend or, or first of the week we'll we'll have a show um for you guys with those guys as guests we'll have uh you know free range conversation as well as talking about the roster obviously and the quarterback position and all things seahawks so that'll be great and then, uh, yeah, we've got uh, any any other news that comes up. We'll be recording uh, three shows a week uh, going forward as we move through the season. So we'll have a um, post-game show, a preview show, and in the middle of the week, we'll kind of have a uh, a wild card show where we uh, where we stick to the topics of the day and um, and highlight some of the of the players that we want to talk about and all that kind we of stuff. Wait, so. we have to skip to the to stick to the topics. We're not well, good at that. We're really not that good at it. We try. We just kind of <laughs> go off. We start. We start good. We, we always do. Our intentions are good, but you know, when you don't have any notes, we don't, we don't, we're not operating on a script. Um, no. I don't know if you've been following us for 347 shows now, you probably realize that, but we don't have, we don't, we're not operating on any written dialogue prompts or anything like that. So sometimes we do kind of go off a little bit. So a couple of wide receivers, I'm just like scan or just players in general, as I'm scanning through um Josh Gordon. Yeah. Remember him? I just wrote his name down just right before we went on. Um, but perhaps more importantly from the same team, Danny Shelton nose tackle. I saw that too. Yeah. Pass rushing nose tackle. Uh might be a chance for him to come home and um, you know, revive his career. Um, and wide receiver Corey Coleman as well. Like that's another name, all There's, from the Chiefs. Uh, wide receiver Preston Williams is out there. Uh, wide yeah. receiver Willie Sneed. Uh, tight end OJ Howard, uh, who the Seahawks have been rumored uh, to be sniffing around the last two or three years, is out there. Sony Michelle, uh, Philip uh, Lindsay, Keith, uh, running yeah. back Philip Lindsay might be available out there. Kenny Drake there. is another one that the Seahawks have been rumored to be kind of attracted to because he had. Uh, the size and um, and then yeah, the weight. He's a little long in the tooth at running back. You know who the surprise cut is for me is Alex Leatherwood, number yes. seventeen pick overall in the twenty twenty one draft. The Las Vegas Raiders cut Alex Leatherwood at offensive tackle. Yeah, that's really surprising. I'm not gonna lie, that's just like yeah, that's crazy. Somebody they might be attracted to in um, that was cut out of the Minnesota Vikings camp was quarterback Kellen Mond, who I think was a Texas uh, A&M quarterback from 2021. Mm -hmm. Anthony I'm going to safety. As I scroll through, I am looking at all the quarterbacks just mm -hmm. with no expectation, but hoping that one of these comes along and I go, "Ooh, they should go grab them, put them at backup behind, and and you know cut Drew Locke and then." when they eventually get tired of watching um, 
Gino lose games for him, they they could try to play him and, and see what they've got, but we'll see. Um, now, be careful of the people that love uh, Gino Smith on this show. We do have a few, and they will come after you on, on uh, YouTube. I've been defending you because you don't go onto YouTube and answer questions, so I've been kind of getting nope. on there and taking care of those guys for you, but if you keep going... <laughs> They're, the thing they're is, gonna hunt you down gonna, and spank I, you, man. I get that um <laughs> the the people who like Gino um talk about that he never has really gotten a fair chance because he had to play for Rex Ryan um in the Jets and he's just never gotten on the field since then and all of that. And I understand and I, I will give you all of that. I'm just my draft evaluation of him was as a career backup. My assessment of him in New York was that he was going to be a career backup. He's been a career backup. And what I saw from him last year and every preseason and every training camp that he's been in Seattle is a guy that looks like a career backup. There's nothing wrong with being a career backup. Um, he's going to, will have made a ton of money and will still be able to walk at the end of his career. Unlike a lot of starters. Um, you know, because he won't have all the hits and the knee injuries and everything. I just don't see him being good. That's just me. Yeah. I mean, all the stats and everything point as as to him being an, a league average or below league average quarterback. There's nothing wrong with that. Like you said, you can make money in the NFL. You can be a good quality backup and you can come in and, and uh, do your job, you know, or, uh, you know, one, two, three, four games a, a year or less, and and that's fine. Now he's, mm -hmm. you know, poised to enter the season as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Expectations are just higher, and so when expectations are higher, you <laughs> expect them to rise to a to a new level, and that may or may not be possible for for Geno Smith based on track record and history and everything accounted for. It doesn't look like it's it's possible, but of course, anything you know can happen. Um, but I, you know, if you compare them just to the last two main starters the Seahawks have had in the last twenty years, Matt Hasselbeck and and Russell Wilson, he's not that. He's just not. Um, mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just. I'm. It's just is what it is. He's not. He's. He doesn't elevate to to that level. Um, and we'll see how that impacts games winning games at the end is really the key in this league as you know there's a lot of one score games uh uh in the nfl and if the seahawks are within a score at the end of games and you give the ball to gino how confident are you as a fan or as a coach or as, as his teammates are you in gino being able to lead the team consistently on game winning drives and so far he hasn't proven that he's able to no. And so, so Keith's not wrong there. It's just, um, you know, some people think that we, that we hate, you know, we don't hate anybody. Um, no. a number one, if you followed the show for, for the last six, seven years, you know, we don't hate anybody. We want mm -hmm. success. Just like Keith mentioned, we want uh, people to be successful for this team. Everybody that that's on the Seahawks roster, but you know, you, you also need to be realistic at some level. Um, especially mm -hmm. us, that's our job. We're here to, you know, not have Homer hats on 100% of the time, although we, we frequently do. Yeah, we're um, kind of bad about that. Yeah, but <laughs> we, we, we also try to see the realistic side of things as well. And so I'm trying to be optimistic. I'm an optimist, you know, in general. And I'm trying to have an optimistic side about looking at, at this quarterback situation 
as we enter the season. And that's where I'm at. I'm optimistic. And I want uh, Gino to, to succeed. He's going to have every opportunity afforded to him for a professional to have uh, to go out and be successful. And I hope he is. I do. And just like you, I want him to be successful because if he's successful, so goes the team. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, and that, that's, that's the key. That's, that's the key is you, you mean is, if he's successful, the team is, so I want him to be successful. Yeah. Well, let's leave it there. Yeah. So good show. I think we did good on our predictions. I'm pretty happy with the overall roster. There's a couple of, of situations I think that will hopefully work themselves out in the next couple of weeks as far as weaknesses. And uh, we'll just leave it there and we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, the adjustments as they come up. Uh, the next show will probably evolve around practice squad and, and whatnot. And then, and any there, there will be more room moves. So this roster yes, is set for, for this second. Yes. Um, but there will be players signed um, players claimed off waivers um, and they will change the roster of guys that will go that made the roster that will end up on IR, but they had to make the roster so they can come off the IR mid season. Um, This is not, the roster is not set. It's never fully set, right? It changes throughout the season. This is just where it's at right now. Yeah. And particularly right now, it's not set. We've got a couple of weeks before the season, the waiver wire, you just had, (coughs) excuse me, like 750, 800 players cut across the uh, the NFL. So there's a lot of players available that John Schneider can uh, evaluate and uh, compare to his own roster. That's how they scout. They're comparing them to their own guys. And if somebody's more appealing, they'll go out and, and get them. That's just the way it works. All right. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hockey. You know where the show's at. Find us on uh, YouTube and your favorite podcast platform and make sure you hit button so until next time go hawks. go hawks seahawks playbook podcast listeners thanks for joining us for another edition of the show you can find us on twitter bill is at nw seahawk keith is at myers nfl and the show is at hawks playbook you can listen and subscribe to the show at seahawksplaybook.com